I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Sick Boy, a podcast that talks about what it's like to be sick. This week we are talking to Angela. She has a septate hymen. Let's talk about it. I apologize, guys. I've been a bit pasty in my mouth because oh my, my Invisalign is like due for a change in tomorrow. So it's Ugh. like, are you what? taking your Invisalign out when we do our uh, when we talk our, to guests? We, yeah, or, or do you? <laughs> no, even? I can't, dude. You know, I don't. You know, I noticed. I noticed it made a difference the first day, but I don't notice it now. What are you? What are you doing? Are you just sticking weed in it? Why is your mouth getting pasty? No, it's just dry. It's just a lot of this. Ugh. Gross. I really thought you were about to say that you were just super high right now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I was like, cool, you guys record the podcast. Yeah, awesome. I've never, I've never uh, recorded the podcast high, even though like I'm, I'm a fan of Joe Rogan. So I'm like, I just wish I could just be high and have conversations, but I don't I, think I yeah. can do it. <laughs> I've, I've microdosed, uh, but actually, there was one time when we, when we talked to a, uh, a friend of ours who had like really intense, um, like he had like a brain issue, like a brain leak. And he used he used THC as like a this was before THC was legal in Canada and he was using it as like a a pain suppressant and um, <clears throat> and I don't I don't I don't do the weed very often right like it's it, like yeah, THC and me the, aren't really by the way he said that yeah he we're not we're not friends um, uh, and he brought these like very strong cookies and without telling anyone uh, to the recording he brought it to the recording without telling anyone I, I ate one right at the beginning. And then, like forty-five <laughs> minutes into the recording, I was like, "Oh no!" It was, yeah, it yeah. was. Uh, he just got real quiet. <laughs> That's how I felt at Taylor's thirtieth birthday the other night when I had when I had one of those chocolatey treats and like literally was like, "Okay, look at Jeremy for five, four, three, two. Now look at Taylor for five, four. This and my normal. brain was just this like, is "Everything is this too is intense normal. for you right now." <laughs> well, you know what else is going to be uh, pretty intense for all of us right now? We're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> Vaginal anatomy, uh, and actually, we're we're gonna be talking about something that I've never heard of before, which is and correct me, Angela, if I fuck this up, mm-hmm. a, a septate hymen. I yeah, I believe that is the correct pronunciation. Uh-huh. It's, like, it's it... like a septum piercing, but that's right. what I was thinking. Not, but I the was, complete opposite. I was thinking of right. a piercing. Like I thought it sounded like a. Vagina piercing. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, I, I just come onto really? the podcast to brag. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've got a really cool vaginal piercing. Got, <laughs> I want to got, tell the world about it. Got my hood pierced. It's looking great. Just wanted to let everyone know. Uh, how funny would it be though if I was like septate hymen and you're like, no, I'm I'm here to talk about diabetes. So like, oh, uh, oops, <laughs> I wrong. Uh, septate hymen. That's tomorrow. <laughs> uh, what is so so? I okay. So you know. Um, I, I, as a, as a, as a male and a penis owner, um, I know, I, I know a little penis bit about, owner. uh, <laughs> vagina, uh, anatomy. Uh, from what I gather, the hymen is like, um, 
is like a, a, a piece of, um, a piece of like, f- uh, oh, no, I was going to say flesh or fill. Jesus Christ, Jerry, <laughs> shut the fuck up. It's probably what best I to just meant. ask the question instead of, <laughs> yeah. instead of trying to make it seem like you might, may or may not have any clue. <laughs> I believe it's this. <laughs> okay, I'm going to shut the fuck up. Angela, what is, what, first of all, what's a hymen? And then, and then what the fuck's a septate hymen? Help. It's a question I did not ever expect to have to answer in my life. (laughs) What is a hymen? Um, So I believe your hymen normally looks like, like a, like a wall of skin almost. And then there's just like a hole in it. I don't really know how big that hole is supposed to be. I don't really know what it's. I haven't done a lot of research on what the condition (laughs) itself is because the whole thing kind of freaks me out. (laughs) Like really like, Google Images can uh, help us out here a little bit. I'm, uh, oh, I'm just God. taking, I'm, I'm so taking actually, a gander. So when I first woke up from the original like surgery, which we'll get into later, I had like a, they put me out. And then when I woke up, they were like, so we found out that there was something wrong with you. And I was like, oh, fuck no. Oh. And she like woke me up to a piece of paper that I actually have here where it's just like five vaginas on it. And I was like... <laughs> There's one thing I don't want to wake up to after anesthetic is five vaginas being shoved into my face. But Sorry, um, Angela, I was looking at photos of vaginas on uh, the internet while <laughs> so you were saying distracted. that. Um, yeah, what? What? Why were you? Why were you, Taylor? You're on the wrong website too, dude. I can see where I can see where you're looking at these vaginas. Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, Pornhub has some really great uh, resources here. The anatomy here is very uh, interesting to look at. So, like a regular, I don't know if you guys can see this. Like a regular yeah, vagina see, yeah. sort of looks like this. That's right. sort of what your hymen looks like. Yeah. And then there's all these other like weird abnormalities that oh, you can yeah. have oh, with okay. vaginas. And so as people, you can see, she circled yeah. this one and was like. This is what's wrong with you. And I went, okay. Did she make you guess? Where she like, guess what kind of vagina you have? <laughs> and also, which one is yours? It's behind vaginal <laughs> opening number two. Let me tell you, it's not good either. So use um, that information. Figure listen, it out. She played like Price is Right music. <laughs> I do want to. Uh, I do want to uh, just put this out there so like we can clear the air. Uh, the hymen is a thin piece of muco- mucosal tissue. Uh, that surrounds or partially covers the external vaginal opening. It forms part of the vulva or external genitalia and is similar to stru- to in structure to the vagina. Um, so, so basically, I guess let's let's take it back. You did you Angela? Did you say you went in for a surgery, and then after the surgery, you came out and found out you had a septate hymen? Or, or I hope it wasn't an appendix removal sense or something. And then they're like, "By the way, by the we way. decided to look around." And- it's ironic because I did actually get my appendix out like a few years ago, and if that's when they found out, I would have been like, "What were you doing down there?" Yeah, that's yeah not- okay. definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, so I went in to get like an IUD put in, and. They thought that I might have um, vaginismus because I had to go to see a gynecologist in order to try and figure out what was wrong. Mm-hmm. And vaginismus, uh, something we covered on the podcast before yeah. in the past, which is uh, like a like a f- very very um, tight vaginal opening that is like due to several different reasons, whether that's uh, past trauma or mm-hmm. or you know physiological issues. Um, was that the, was that what initiated you going, was that what initiated the whole thing? You thinking that you had vaginismus or you, or you were getting the IUD and they thought that 
you might have vaginismus. Was that? I sort of just knew something was wrong. It was the thing. It was I was never able to have any sort of like penetration down there at all. And then the more I went into looking up what could be wrong, I the only thing I could find about was vaginismus, which even then there's not a lot online about. Yeah. Um. And so something reading everybody's stories about vaginismus, there was something about it where I was like. I relate to pieces of it, but I don't mm. relate to all of it. And there was, mm. there was just something in my head that was like, I don't think this is what I have. I feel like there's something else. I might also have vaginismus as well, but there was something else that was wrong with me. And no matter what I was saying to the doctors, they were like, no, 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 you don't know vaginas. Like we know vaginas. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Like <laughs> We know vaginas. But what, so what, what was it that made you think like this, this could be vaginismus, but it's also not like there's something else going on here. Like what was that thing that was different about it? I don't know. I feel like maybe it was just like a gut feeling of like something else is happening. But then again, I've never been somebody that like I only have my experiences to go by. I've never mm-hmm. had a normal vagina. I've never <laughs> had a vagina that's had vaginismus. I've never had a vagina that's not. So it's like mm-hmm. I only had my own experiences to go by and – something about it. I was like, this doesn't feel like this is what you guys are telling me I have. Yeah. And I mean, you can have that, like you have that. I mean, I feel like everybody has a, like a, a, a sort of like parallel experience on very, with like varying degrees of severity in terms of like, you know, you get a, like, you know, you get, I mean, just in the, in the time we live in right now, you could get a cold and you go, Oh, you look up symptoms of a cold and it's like, you're going to die next week. And like, you know, it, it, there's all these things or, or COVID and all these COVID complications. And, and there's something in you that's like, okay, I know that I have a lot of the symptoms that this is talking about, but I'm, there's something in me that's like, this is mm. not what mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't got, I don't got that. That's I guess, what I have. At, at what point did you, did you start to like, at what point in your life were you like, Oh, there's something, there seems to be something uh, different going on here. Seems to be something not normal. Well, I guess I've always had a difficult understanding of women's health, especially regarding like genitals and periods and stuff. I remember being a little girl in elementary school sex ed classes where they're mostly just teaching you about periods and stuff Mm. rather than like actual sex ed stuff. Um, And I distinctly remember there was a video where they were telling us where the tampon goes and my whole body just like convulsed. I was like, ew, disgusting. That's awful. Like that does not seem right. That's, there's no way anything goes up there. That sounds horribly painful. And that's Mm. probably where the, like, it just seemed like such a painful concept to me. And that's Mm. probably where the idea of penetration is super painful. Like that's where the the seed was first sowed into my little child brain. But Mm. I was so young at the time that I was able to think to myself, well, I'm basically a baby. So who cares? I don't have to worry about this right now. I'm sure when I'm older, it will be normal and I'll have no problems with it because it doesn't seem to come up with adults and I am six. So who Mm. cares? (laughs) (laughs) I, I also imagine that like, like, even as you grow into like your early teenage years, like Taylor used the the analogy of like uh, like having the symptoms of a cold and then searching that up and and I think of 
like if you were trying to talk to your friends or family about what you were thinking or feeling, if it was symptoms of a cold, it's easy for you to say, Hey, I'm feeling these things. And I don't, I don't know about this. Like, what's up with this? Can somebody shed some light on this for me? But as soon as it becomes about your, your like your private parts, mm-hmm. then, then all Change of a sudden, it, then all Sorry. of a sudden it, it, there's this like weird, sort of like weirdness to trying to talk about that because it's hard for anybody to communicate about things like that, especially kids. So mm-hmm. do you what, usually like, say private parts, Brian? Is oh, that I was, like, I was or, trying to like use, <laughs> I was trying to use like a blanket term that your nether regions, Genitalia. Your genitals, <laughs> your, your, your genitals. Yeah. Your private oh my parts. God. Brian is Whatever, beat red right now. Look at no, how not. red he is. Um, so anyway, I'm, I get, I get really sensitive about talking about my private parts, I guess. Uh, at least, at least he didn't say hoo ha. I told Brian you can't. Say, you got to stop saying hoo ha. Well, I wanted to say when you said septate hymen conversation, you cannot say hoo ha. And he I don't was like, know why on. you recommended like, no, punani don't. though. I was like, dude, that is not okay. And so anyway, so, so um, speaking of which, um, we're also uh, by, by the way, folks, uh, this is a CBC podcast. So uh, thank you. I, I, I had a serious question here that yeah, I wanted to ask, ahead, on, which was, on. which was like, do you remember? If, feeling a sense of like discomfort about bringing the topic up or like this like sensation that you couldn't ask or talk to other people about it? Oh, absolutely. It was not something I ever wanted to discuss with people at all. I come from a family where we don't really talk about periods or sex or anything along those lines. It's always been very taboo and not like in a don't talk to us about that. It just Mm -hmm. like you just don't. Yeah, like some families are a lot more open about periods. I know a lot of families that they just talk about periods over dinner tables. And I'm like, that's disgusting to me. But like, I'm also the same way where I don't, I just don't like talking about periods and vaginas and stuff. It's just not me. So I came onto a CBC podcast to do it, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to talk about it really broadly with with thousands and thousands of people listening. Can I I also say that I am so thankful that this is not like a live show because if people had to buy tickets to come watch a woman stand on stage and talk about her vagina, they only do that with like Amy Schumer stand-up specials. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. God. That. Yeah. But it's, it's Especially funny a woman talking about her vagina and be so squeamish about it. Like, I, but, but it, I don't like this. I, feel like I, I, I hear you. I hear you saying that like, you know, you wouldn't really feel comfortable talking to your family about that around the dinner table. And, and mm-hmm. I think that that's a really common feeling for people to, to feel. And, and we had this really interesting conversation um, on our Discord hangout, uh, Patreon hangout, a few weeks ago where um, a lot of the, the people with vaginas were sharing their stories about their first period and like who they went to to talk to about it and, and how they felt about that. And, and I had never thought, like as somebody who has never experienced having a period, it's like the, the idea of having to talk to somebody about it at 12 years old when, when you're going through that and having to like ask questions about it and ask for like, you know, somebody to buy you a tampon or something like that. It, it, I, I can see how it could be a really traumatic experience. And if there was this, this openness around having those conversations where, you know, collectively and culturally we didn't feel weird about having these conversations, it would be so much healthier, mm. but also it's really hard to get there. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just something that we need to like break through and be yeah. more, well, there's it like reminds, a, there's a middle ground there. There's a middle it reminds, ground there. It reminds me of this. Uh, I saw this thing on Reddit the other day, and I thought this was. I, I actually thought this was really fascinating. And and don't quote me on this because I, I I definitely will get the like location wrong. But 
it was somewhere over in Europe, um, maybe, maybe like the Netherlands or something like that. And it was about, um, it was about this, I don't know if it was, a, if it was like a, no, it couldn't have been a television show. It was some sort of like project that was meant to normalize the human body. And they had a they had a group of like school children in this like studio, and then they brought out a a ton of like um, different bodies, humans, uh, adults, um, and they just stood there like naked, and like like the whole spectrum of like of bodies of size and 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 like race and age and whatever, and the as a part of this thing, like they just opened the floor up to these kids to like ask these people questions about their bodies and to just like normalize talking about how all body, like their no bodies are the same. Everybody is different. And I just thought, what a, like, what a, what a great, what a great thing that would, that I cannot imagine ever being normalized <laughs> over here, like where we are from, you know, it's, and like, like I come, I, I feel like I came from a family that wasn't, wasn't really uptight or, or like shy about discussing or talking about sexuality. Like my mom sat me down and was like, all right, I'm going to read you this book. And it's like, it's about, you know, ding dongs and hoo haws. And, <laughs> and she, you know, she like opened the book and there was like a picture of like, you know, a, 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 a daddy and a mommy having sex and yada, yada, whatever. And I remember being like <clears throat> mortified by that, but my mom was very, very casual about it, very cool about it. And then when I became a teenager and and realized like oh there's something wrong with there's something wrong with my penis like there's like my my penis does not function properly instead of like feeling comfortable enough to go to my mom and talk about it I I like sneakily unbeknownst to anyone booked an appointment at a urologist and booked <laughs> a fucking surgery and and booked my mom a circumcision fa- surgery bur- booked a circumcision and my mom my mom found out when the she got the of call all male surgeries yeah she got the call from the doctor's office and they're like yeah so Jeremy's appointment is booked for like so and so day at this time and my mom's like what whoa what what surgery what the fuck who is this and they're like yeah oh, yeah Jeremy's sur- Jeremy's adult circumcision <laughs> she was like mm, Jeremy <laughs> like, what the fuck so you know I I get it like I get how how it's just I, I feel like it's the society we've been raised in. We, you know, even even like starting this podcast, we're all giggling and laughing because we're going to talk about yeah. a vagina. Like, <laughs> fuck off! But it's you also know, like, it's also funny to be fun. It's also funny for it, it to be. Well, funny. We're, we're be, we are being funny about it. Yeah, sure. Anyway, um, here's uh, ten minutes of our discomfort about talking about periods yeah. and well, stuff well, like that. Well, and, what, uh, what I what, what I do want to get to though is is you know you, you had mentioned how you you didn't really want to talk about it, but but. Okay, so you're a six year old kid. You you see this idea of inserting a tampon, and you're like, "Oh, Jesus Christ, that sounds awful." Um, I, what happened a few years later when you were like, "Oh, I need to now insert a tampon"? Like, wh- where was the moment when you went, "Oh, Jesus Christ, this is not." I was right back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was fucking. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> well, like years down the line from that, I get my first period. All seems normal about it. I try to use tampons and it just does not work. Like not even a little bit. It's like incredibly painful. So I think my thought process was sort of just, well, tampons don't work. 
that's fine. Sometimes they don't work for people or sometimes people just don't like tampons. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I can use sanitary pads. That's a normal thing that people go their whole lives using and never have an interest in tampons. But I like really wanted to be able to use tampons. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there was just something, there's something so weird in like girl culture where if you use tampons, you're cool. And if you use pads, you're a little baby child and you're pathetic. Mm-hmm. Like it's so weird. It's like, the strangest thing I've ever seen girls do. And like, as we progress as a society, there's a bit more like, don't shame people for stuff like that. But it definitely still exists. This weird, like period shaming amongst girls that it's like, we're all just, you know, we've all just got vaginas. So who cares what we use? It's kind of like boxers versus boxer briefs, right? Yeah. Briefs. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I mean, there, there, yeah. You, you could probably argue that there's a parallel there, Brian. <laughs> I think um, there is. I think you, you could I mean, probably. B- besides the fact that you're not bleeding. Yeah, I think Taylor's right. Brian, go a little bit further into this. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just I was just making a not related analogy. <laughs> a non committal statement about boxer anyway, briefs. <laughs> I'm just saying that, yes, some guys are bullied too for other reasons. I think you are. I think you are right. Because as you were saying that, Angela, I was like, I was like, man, what's the equivalent that, like, young boys go through with, with that and, and nothing really jumped to mind. But I, I, as, as funny as it is that you said that, Brad, I think like, but, I think because in, in absence of me being able to think of anything else, that's probably a pretty good, I think parallel. it's a pretty good analogy. Yeah. I, 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 I want, well, I, I know actually, that there's for sure people listening though, that are like, you guys, you fucking idiots. These girls have thing? a uniquely challenging experience. Going yeah, but what, about this, what about this challenging girl, experience, Brian, at, whatever. at Taylor's birthday the other day, we stood around drinking beers, and I'm pretty sure there were some joints being smoked, and we had a discussion about who was snipped and who wasn't and who was superior to the other. And uh, there, was, there, was the, there was the side, and I was on that side saying, hey, I got snipped, and I am better than you, Taylor. <laughs> so, you know. I thought I, you were going to say I, something I, else, which is why I was shaking my head. Exists. Um, that still but exists. But, yeah, that did, that did happen. And that might be – and that might be – that might be the, the closer parallel is like – but. But we're not really having we're gonna get so there's much no parallel for this episode, guys. guys. guys no we are going to get so much fucking hate mail for this episode. There's no parallel. Maybe we should just stick to letting Angela talk, guys, and it's probably <laughs> better. It's probably a good idea. Sorry, hey, Angela. I'm here too, you guys. You know, I'm, I was invited oh, as a guest. I don't know. Before you even said that, we were already getting a ton of shit for this episode. Stop talking about your underwear. <laughs> this is about my vagina. Oh, so, God. I'm at, so sorry. At what, at what point... Um, you know, Angela, because I know that I know that this is like the, the the fact that you know that you have a septine hymen is how, how old are you now? I am about to turn twenty five. Right. So, and you only found this out about a year ago, right? Yeah. So, like, what did you do from like I don't know, like first period age fourteen, fifteen, sixteen to like to to last year? Were you just in terms of like dealing with? Were you just like, oh, I guess I'm a I'm a pa- I'm a I'm a pad gal. Uh, it was more like, I guess I'm just a, I guess I'm just a dumb virgin. <laughs> I guess I'm just a loser. Because <laughs> I just suck. Like, I'm a prude. Um, I guess I'm just a dumb virgin. <laughs> oh, my lord. Oh, no. So, wait. So, um, so did, did it, have, like, okay, I guess we'll get to that. Sorry, continue. continue. Yeah. So, um, I was very much like, I guess I can't use tampons. I guess... I'll be able to use tampons once I can handle vaginal penetration. 
um, which will probably happen like somewhere between the ages of like 16 to 18 when I'm having sex for the first time. I was like probably 13 when I had my first period, if I had to guess. So it just became this perpetual all deal with this later where I keep like kicking the can further down the road and never actually dealing with or addressing the problem. Mm. Just saying yeah. this is a problem future Angela will have a solution for, but I never actually had any solutions. <laughs> I yeah. just mm. didn't I mean, really it, care. It goes back. It goes back to what we were saying before. Like it, when, when, when there is stigma present around having those conversations, especially as a kid, mm-hmm. I mean, it is like, it's really hard like Jeremy, I am for your situation. I am. I am extremely. Like I, I, I can't put myself in those shoes. Jealous. Having, I can't put myself in the Thanks. shoes of, of of needing to get a circumcision at sixteen or seventeen, Ooh. however old you were, and and Ooh. like going through with it. And I completely understand. I completely sympathize with where you were, Angela, and go in, in that, in that it's just like, Hey, deal with it later. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to my friends about this. They're not going to get it. My parents, fuck, that's weird. Like, like, what am I going to tell a teacher? Like, that's weird too. Like everything's weird. Like everything I feel is, like, I, I also feel like kids have this like ability or they just sort of like see the world through their own lens. So like, if you said that to your friend, like, I don't know, like I, I don't think I can handle penetration. They're like, oh, fuck, it It just hurts initially, but you'll get through it because they just like take their experience and then project it onto you because I think kids at that age don't necessarily or are less likely to think about what it might like to, what it might be like to to live in somebody else's shoes. Mm-hmm. And and it's really, it's just easy to to not be able to see that. Yeah. I definitely had like, I feel like the biggest part of my problem was just feeling like this is probably normal. There was no part of me that went, there's something wrong with me. It was more so just, I think I'm just a wuss when it comes to pain. I just am really scared of like pain. And I knew that when girls like lose their virginity or whatever, sometimes it can hurt. Or like, that's at least what like you're sort of told Mm -hmm. as a kid is just expect it to hurt really bad. And I think I was like, I don't want to deal with that pain. I'd rather just put it off. And like, it wasn't until like a long time down the road that I was like, oh, (laughs) oh no. So so I'm assuming, I'm assuming that, that along with the, the, you know, expectation of pain for a tampon, I'm sure that must've also spilled over into like probably having an effect on how you like view sexuality as like a teenager as a whole, because, you know, there's probably just like a hesitation there, you know, and that manifests in a bunch of like, how did that, like, I mean, again, in in hindsight, looking back on it, how did that, how did that like ultimately affect the way that you viewed sexuality, the way that you like interacted with, you know, people that you were attracted to and all that jazz? Well, I'd say that even before then I had a really sort of like I had, I had my first period, but even before that I had a really negative view on sexuality already because when I was around 12 or so I had gotten a new boyfriend who looking back, I only dated for like a week, but I had so many boyfriends when I was a little kid. I had like a very active romantic life. I had so many little boyfriends Um, between the ages of like five to 12. It's like the most relationships I've ever had in my life, which is so pure and innocent, but little boyfriends as in like they were, they were, they were just really short or little boyfriends. Like, 
It just there was the time period, and they were just they were all they were all little there. because everyone was little. Yeah, everyone was tiny. <laughs> we yeah, held yeah. little hands on the playground, and <laughs> oh that was it. That was That's the extent. So <laughs> um, but when I was twelve, I started dating this boy who was like the prettiest boy I had ever seen in my life, and I was like so embarrassingly smitten with him, and. He definitely knew that. And when he asked me out, I was so excited. It makes me really sad looking back on it because I was so innocent and, like, excited about the situation. Mm. And, like, what happened to me isn't even that bad, but it's still, like, something that affects me to this day. So it clearly holds a lot of weight for me. So I guess the short form of it is that when we were riding the school bus home, he molested me. And it was very... I hate to say minimal because that's the only way I can sort of mm. justify it in my head because I never want it to sound like I'm exaggerating what happened to me as like I'm attention seeking about it, if that makes sense. And I don't want to get into like too much detail just in fear of like triggering anybody or something. But it was just very like heavy petting under my shirt and training bra. And it was only my top half. So luckily my like downstairs hoo-ha wasn't even touched at all because I'm sure that would have opened up like a whole new can of medical worms um Mm. so because that was like my first like sexual experience it really turned me away from ever trying to seek out romantic relationships Mm. anymore I went from being a girl that regularly had boyfriends to like never having boyfriends and it wasn't until like three years ago that I actually realized that what happened to me was a form of sexual assault And for so many years, I always had this sense of shame about it and this fear that I was a bad person because of it. Um, I never thought of it as that time I was molested. I sort of just tucked it away in my brain and tried my hardest to never think about it. And it affected me like really bad throughout the years. I like started wearing really baggy clothes and like I hated showing off any sort of skin and stuff. Um, And I guess as I started getting older and, like, developing into an adult, I just, like, hated wearing anything that, like, made me look nice or whatever. I, like, completely stopped caring about my physical appearance because I was scared of, like, boys. And I didn't know why I was scared of boys, but I just was. And I I sort of... Sorry. 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 As I sort of like strayed away from any sort of relationship and going on a bus would always give me this horrible anxiety that would give me like incredible stomach aches. And to this day, I cannot ride buses and I can't even think, especially not school buses. Like I feel like I'm Mm. going to be sick. It's actually like a problem that's coming to head in my day to day life now because it's about to start, uh, it's about to start snowing soon in British Columbia and I need to be able to ride a bus to get to work. Cause I ride my bike. I ride my bike an hour to work every single day. Cause I mm. don't want to ride the bus at all. And I can't drive. <laughs> Look, like you, you started off by saying like, you know, there was this like small experience, but it sounds <laughs> like it's had a really profound impact on your, your, your life. And like, I, you know, in, in your head, <laughs> I don't think that you should minimize that. And like you said, you're, you're talking about it and, and you're starting to understand it now, but like, I, I don't think that it sounds like a small experience, even though it may have been just a brief moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess to me, I'm always like, it wasn't that bad because like he was your boyfriend at the time you were both 12. So it wasn't like it was an adult. It was like on a school bus full of people. So it's not like you were in that much danger. It's like, it's just like all of these reasons that sort of pile up in my head to be like, it wasn't that bad. 
people have gone through yeah. way worse. So it's funny know. how we do that, though. Like, and yet, yet there's this other side of you that can also recognize that, like, that's eh, also kind of fucked me up in a lot of ways. Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't even imagine riding a bus mm-hmm. right now. Which is like, that's if you. You need the bus. Like yeah. you got if you don't have a car and you need to get around on the bus, you, you need the bus. Like mm. so it's you know, it's um I'm I'm really I'm really sorry that 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 this has all like been a part of your 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 journey. Your growth, yeah, and your Thanks. and your like your journey in, in life. Mm. Um I I suppose you know, like you added another layer here where I'm like, oh, wow, okay, this is. <laughs> I thought we were just going to talk about Septane Hyman. Uh, uh, but, uh, but like, I, I, it, it, I feel like it's going to kind of change my, my, my mode of questioning here. But, you know, how did you. Was there a point where you started to explore your own sexuality? again from a place that was like out of curiosity and, and, and out of feeling um, safe and feeling comfortable but but then but then again like running into this issue where you thought like I guess I got vaginismus or something like I something's not cur- like right down there it's 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 painful um, was like is that or or have you really just like avoided avoided that realm of intimacy up until this point in your life? Um, it was definitely a little bit of both um, because my first sexual experience was really traumatic for me. I really veered away from having a normal sex life as a teenager. The drive to have sex just wasn't there because I was kind of scared of it. Um, and then if you add on top of that, my pre-existing fear of vaginal penetration in general, it sort of just turned me into a prude. Um, I dealt with a lot of bullying from other classmates and stuff because of that, which sort of led me into a deeper and deeper hole of shame and fear about this kind of stuff. Um, So I think because I had this traumatic experience, I wasn't able to get medical help or treatment as soon as I should have. If I didn't have that experience, I probably would have been a teenager that had, or at least tried to have a normal sex life and then gotten my weird problems dealt with while I was a teenager or at the very least I'd be farther into the treatment now. And I genuinely believe that when it comes to vaginal health, a lot of people don't even attempt to get diagnosed or checked out because of either past trauma or because of how like socially taboo the concept of vaginal health is. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, from what we've heard on the show and, and even on my other, my other podcast, turn me on, like, the fact that oftentimes people with vaginas who who are seeking medical assistance in something to do with their with their uh, as Brian likes to put it private parts um, it, they face they face a lot of issues because wow. there's there's a there's just like for whatever fucking reason female anatomy just like doesn't get the doesn't get the support that it needs, especially when it, when we're talking about like vaginal health. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like you, like you had said, like you would just assumed it was vaginismus. And even if it was vaginismus, it's not like you can just turn to the internet and, and really find a whole lot to tell mm-hmm. you much, you know? So it's, it, there's, there's a really unfortunate, um, 
position that that women or people with vaginas face when it comes to like any kind of issue south of uh, south of the border, as Brian also likes to put it. He hasn't said it yet today, but that is another thing that he likes to <laughs> say. Commonly says stuff. Common all the time. Um, uh, so, I so <laughs> I mean, just to, you know, kind of like to kind of to 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 fast forward, but also rewind to last year. Um, you go in, you you come out of this surgery for a um, a. Epidectomy? Uh, <laughs> no, uh, it wasn't. Epidectomy. No, no, no. It was. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I, I, um, I, I, I'm totally having a brain fart of the. Um, uh, I don't think I mentioned coil, it. So. The coil, the coil that goes inside your IUD. IUD. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Wow, Jer. Okay, uh, I've talked about IUDs like a million times. In my I always life. think I always mix them up with IEDs, and it would be uh, totally bad very for somebody to mix them up and put an IED yeah. in a yeah. vagina. Yeah, yeah, very different. <laughs> Um, so you go in to get the IUD and that's how you find out that it's actually a septate hymen. Um, Yeah. So even before that, like I went in for the IUD, not even as a form of birth control because I wasn't having sex. So like the whole reason I was getting an IUD was because I've always had really painful periods. Like cramps have always been the worst for me. They get so bad that I like vomit or pass out. I miss days off of like school or work because I can't even stand up because the pain is so bad. So about two years ago, I think I went to the doctor to see if they could do anything for me. They put me on like so many different types of birth control and so many different types of anti-inflammatories. I just like went through the list basically of like, Mm. this works. No, it doesn't. This works. No, it doesn't. This works. No, it doesn't. Um, Basically just going through like their stockpile to see whichever ones will actually work. Um, I even tried like that needle one that they like put in your arm and it's awful. I have like, I have like a horrible fear of needles and apparently like weird tangent, but like apparently when you get that one, if you have a really bad reaction to it, then you're just fucked for like three months. (laughs) Like, I didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They like put, it's like a depot shot or depot shot or something. Depot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it's like a, fucking big needle too isn't it it's, it's like bad it's like it's like yeah it's like a bullet hole in when your it arm. ended up not working out i was like thank god because <laughs> it sucks wait are you supposed to do that like regularly i don't remember how regularly it is yeah i i we had a technical difficulty there for a second uh, but yes i believe it is i believe you get that shot every three months mm-hmm. is and the... they can't do anything for you if like you have a bad reaction for it because then all of the drugs are just in your system and you have to just let it work its way out. Whoa. Yeah. I know that my, I believe my sister was on it for like, like a long period of time. And I, apparently they only let you be on that form of birth control for like two months because there's like studies of it, like damaging your bones or something. I don't know. I didn't look that much into it because it didn't work for me, thankfully. Yeah, Yeah, and and actually, you heard it here first, folks. It makes your eyeballs melt out of your head. So, uh, allegedly, you know, this is is all all truth, all truth. So so that's why you decided to um, go with an IUD because it was hopefully going to... I've heard that IUDs help with um, painful periods. Is is that true? Yes, so... I like we ended up stopping me trying more birth control pills and stuff like that because it would just lead to me being on my period every single day for like 12 months straight. Like no matter what I did, I was just perpetually on a period and it was like the worst year of my life. <laughs> it was like so Whoa, bad. Crazy. 
Um, so the doctor was like, the only other thing we can recommend for you is an IUD. You'll need to make an appointment to get a prescription for it. And I was like, uh, I'll think about it because I knew I had this weird problem with penetration. Mm. And at that point, I knew that it was probably more of a serious problem than I'm scared of things going up there. I started like dipping my toes into trying to become more sexually active, but like still any sort of vaginal penetration was still just so horribly painful that I knew trying to get an IUD up there was going to be impossible for a doctor, no matter what they wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I sort of spent a lot of that, like those, like I'll worry about it later years thinking that it's probably just painful for all girls or all people that have vaginas that haven't had penetrative sex, you probably just can't use a tampon until mm. you've mm. had sex, but which isn't the case. I've learned like years down the road. <laughs> did, did you, did you ever bring this up to your doctor? Um, not until like this doctor appointment, not until like I made the, so I set up the appointment when I'm on the phone with them. I say, I specifically want to talk to a female doctor about this. I'm not comfortable with a male doctor. And they're like, okay, yeah, it all seems to be good. I go to the appointment. The female doctor is somebody that basically doesn't even know what an IUD is. <laughs> like, I was so annoyed. She couldn't answer any of my questions. She spent the whole appointment putting my questions into Google on the computer in front of us. And oh then <laughs> trying to figure out the answers right then and there. And Angela, one hundred percent. She was a janitor, and <laughs> and had social anxiety. And you walked into the office, and she was like, "Ah, uh, uh, yes, yes, I can help. Uh, I am your Google doctor." Google gave yes. me one billion uh, answers, so there's the, the right one's got to be somewhere in here. Gotta find one somewhere. Here. Maybe she just did not use Google that well either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm like, feeling lucky. Yeah. So at one point, there was a question that she couldn't answer. By using Google. So she leaves the room and gets a male doctor and brings him oh, in to answer no. the question. And I'm oh like, my God. I'm like, I asked for a female doctor. I specifically didn't want a male doctor. Um, and what made it even worse was that I was working at a hotel at the time. I was living in like a really small town. I was working at a hotel at the time and the doctor was staying at the hotel. So I had to like see him on a day to day basis. Oh, no. I was like, this is awful. It was just a horrible situation for me. Um, so I like left the hospital in tears because I'm dramatic. <laughs> um, and I did get the prescription. Are you, are you, though, yeah. are you dramatic though? <laughs> like, or are you just a regular human who had a fucking awful experience in a doctor's office? Cause yeah. that's, I mean, you know, I'm no doctor, but that's unacceptable. Right. Isn't that yeah. not cool at all? <laughs> no, that's insane. Yeah. I was like so annoyed about it. Cause I was already so nervous to begin with. Like I had these weird vaginal health problems that I was already super ashamed about for like mm. a multitude of reasons. And then they, they pulled this shit on me. <laughs> what mm. am I supposed to think? Yeah. Um, so I did end up getting the prescription for the IUD. It's like this big box. That's like this long and like, it's like really rectangular. And, um, the, because the hospital appointment was so awful, the IUD just sort of sat in my bedside table for like 12 months. I could not like muster up the courage to go back to the hospital and start this sort of process again, because I was like, I don't want to deal with this again. I don't want to deal with going into 
a hospital room and finding a janitor that's typing stuff on Google, you know? <laughs> and by that time, the, the, the IUD XS Max Pro has already come out. Yeah. And uh, you've just got an old, outdated, fucking obsolete model. Then I look like a loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, stupid loser virgin. That's what you look like. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> hey, her um, so, word's not mine. So, so wait, how did you, how did you, how did you muster up the courage to, or I guess, is it, is it courageous to do that? Or are you just like, fuck, I need, like, I'm in so much pain dealing with this shit that I just need to go and do this. Yeah, I think, I think I've eventually reached a point. And also, like, IUDs expire. If, like, I don't oh, know. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, I don't know when. I the, wasn't joking. I, <laughs> I don't know when the expirations of them start. If it, like, because I know the IUDs only last, like, <clears throat> seven years or something like that. I didn't know when they start. I don't know when that expiration starts, basically. I don't know if it has to be inserted into you for that seven-year period to start or just, like, from the manufacturing or something Mm, like that. But I know that on the box it had, like, prescription, this expires on this date, as normal medications do. They expire. Mm. Um, If you pickle them, they last a lot longer, though. (laughs) That's what what I've heard. Keep it in a jar in your basement. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like Telltale Heart. It was just down there mocking me. <laughs> um, so I, because I had this sort of like ticking time bomb, I was like, I have to go and sort of deal with this again unless if I want to deal with, like I'm going to, I either have to deal with one appointment of doing this or two appointments where I have to get the prescription for the IUD and then make another appointment. So I was like, I would rather just sort of, bite my tongue, get through this as much as I possibly can. So mm-hmm. I make the appointment, request a female doctor again. I don't have high hopes that they'll actually go through with that. But of course. <laughs> um, thankfully, the doctor I get this time is actually like incredibly helpful and amazing. I and go not to the, the janitor. Yeah, <laughs> not the janitor, weirdly enough. Um, I go into the appointment and I outright tell her I am here specifically because I want a referral to a gynecologist. I do not want to talk to regular doctors. I don't even like you, ma'am. I don't want to be here. <laughs> she was like, okay. You spit her face. Yeah. Duly noted. I was like, don't even talk to me about Google. Don't talk to me about any of this no stuff. No Google I, talk. Yeah. Um, she definitely empathizes with my situation, but the only way she's able to give me a referral to a gynecologist is if they're able to prove to the gynecologist that they've done all that they possibly can to help me and that it's proved futile. Mm. Uh, so um, she attempts to give me an exam and it just does not work. Nothing is getting up there and any attempts are horribly painful. And she, I remember she says, um, well, you've definitely earned a referral because I don't know how I can help you. <laughs> I was like, cool, oh, no. great. That's it's kind of like, oh, thank God I got the referral, but also, yeah. oh shit, something really is wrong with me. Yeah, is yeah. and is that a new, like? Are you is that feeling of something is wrong? Is that is that like a renewed sense of that feeling, or is that something that you've, you know, that's been that's you've had with you for a, for a long time? And 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 you're like, yeah, thank you for the confirmation. Or is it like, oh shit, right, this? Yeah, it it was very head. reassuring. I felt very like, oh thank God, like all of these worries and fears of like the pain and stuff that I've had isn't just a normal thing that I'm just 
pun pun intended, a pussy about, you know, it's more of like, (laughs) I'm not just a wuss when it comes to stuff like this. I actually have a problem. And hearing like. I thought you were going to say you're just a wuss when it comes to the puss. I I thought that's that's where you were going. And I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have said that if you didn't just make that joke. (laughs) That's the title of this episode. (laughs) What's the puss? Um... Where do we oh, go from man, here? That's I know. <laughs> we plateaued. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. So hearing like an actual medical professional be like, Oh, yeah, something's wrong. I can't get anything up there. It was like, oh, thank God. So it Validate. makes sense why I've yeah. never been able to get anything up there either. Yeah. Um, and so months later, I finally see the gynecologist because there's like every single appointment that I go to see, there's like months in between of like waiting periods, which sort of just fueled my anxiety of like, oh, no, what is this going to be like? Am I going to get a, dan- a janitor again? <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Um, so she also does an exam on me and instead of like using a, like a gloved finger, she uses a Q-tip and not even that can make any headway without causing Mm. like extreme amounts of pain. So the gynecologist says that it's probably vaginismus and recommends me to buy the dilators, which I believe Molly showed you guys a picture Mm -hmm. of or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like Which, a package of like just just for to just to refresh myself and everybody who's who's listening that like they're like they're like progressively sized like dildos like they're like ear gauges they, like, yeah they're, it's like they're, your they're, ear gauges right you're like stretching yeah, it out over time they're they're just they're very like basic looking like dildos that that have no shape other than just like a they kind of like butt plugs rocket. but for your <laughs> vagina nope definitely not. <laughs> Well, plugs are pretty specific. Anyway, anyway, Angela, we know so uncomfortable. Oh my god, they said butt plug. I can't do it. Stop I just talking. leave the call. <laughs> call like, it well, folks, that's it. Uh. <laughs> so um, she recommends me to buy like dilators, and that like really annoyed me because I'm like, if you can't even get a Q-tip up there, and yeah. you're a medical professional, then <clears throat> how am I supposed to get anything mm. up there? And she's like, well, you can buy, you can get dilators that are smaller than blah 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 blah. And I'm like, smaller you can't than Q-tips? Get a smaller than a Q-tip? At what point am I just putting a needle up there? Which mm. ironic because years down the line, or not years, but a few months down the line, they're putting needles up there because I'm in surgery. So. <laughs> Um, up until that point, I wasn't really sure what could have been the problem. And I'd heard about vaginismus, as I'd said before, I did a lot of research and even though I had a lot of the same symptoms, something about it just didn't feel right. Like Mm. I just knew that it wasn't vaginismus, but 
because she's not able to do a proper exam on me, she wants to set up an appointment for me to go into day surgery where they'll knock me out and my body will be like relaxed enough, I guess, to do a full exam. And then while she's up there rooting around and figuring out what's wrong with me, they'll just shove an IUD in and call it a day, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, twofer. Yeah. <laughs> so months later, again, I wake up from the anesthetic after all of this is going down and I have like this horrible pain between my legs and I see that they've got the IUD box at the foot of the hospital bed and it's like unopened. And as soon as I see that, my stomach is just like, shit, oh, no. something's really messed up with me if they weren't even able to open that damn box. <laughs> like Ooh. they weren't even able to use the IUD. Un- unintended again? Or- <laughs> yeah. I didn't Jesus even think Christ of that. So, so many levels you could go for. <laughs> Grow up. I didn't. I, it was Angela's fault, you guys. I didn't even see that one coming, damn it. Um, so the gynecologist talks to me, and I'm like super loopy and half asleep from the Ooh. anesthetic, and she shows me the paper that I showed you guys that has like the four or five vaginas on it. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? I just woke up. You have to give me like five minutes warning time before you start shoving vaginas in my face. But it's basically just the, uh, it's all of like the abnormalities that vaginas can usually have. I, there, you can have a normal hymen, an imperforate hymen, a microperforate, a crib, crib reform, or a septate. Right. Um, <clears throat> They, and according according to this uh, this year, a septate hymen is when the this thin membrane, which is your hymen, has a band of extra tissue right down the middle that creates two small vaginal openings and like of a one. nose. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, which um, is which weird. would obviously cause like fucking issues um, getting things in and out of there. Yeah, so um, it was definitely the vagina on the page that like grossed me out the most. (laughs) She was like, that's what yours looks like. And I went, oh no, I don't like that at all. Um, I hear that when girls go in for like, or not girls, sorry, but like when people go in for like their routine um, gynecologist exams, sometimes the gynecologist will like hold a mirror between their legs and be like, do you want to see the inside of you? And some, some people are like, yeah, definitely. And I was like, Thank God they couldn't do that to me because if she would have shown me that, I would have freaked out. I'm just I'm just looking at the at that at I mean because when you search when you search Hyman like with Google the 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 like so many of the images are that exact page that you showed us like this like this like yeah. lineup of of different variations of Hymans and I'm looking at them here like like same I think is from the sheet that you had. There's the a is the A is normal, and then the E is the one. The the, the last one is is the septate. That's mm-hmm. like with the band down the middle. Yeah, is and, and and I know that this isn't your situation, but just like on this like spectrum of hymens, the there are there are ones that have no opening. Are those yeah vaginas with no op- opening? Yeah. So um, basically, as far as I know about this. When the patient first hits puberty and get their period, because the hymen membrane fully blocks the menstrual blood from escaping Mm. the vagina, um, like, they just, like, end up needing, like, emergency surgery or something. Like, you find out that you have that problem, like, almost immediately upon hitting puberty because 
like, I guess I, I don't know what sort of problems that causes. I don't know a lot about the medical aspects probably of this condition. Toxic, probably toxic yeah. shock. Yeah, yeah I mean, so something like that. I think, like, it usually leads to people being taken to the hospital, like, in emergency mm. circumstances and needing, like, emergency surgery to get this issue fixed. Wow. Because I had a weird vagina where menstrual blood was still able to escape. The, mm-hmm. the problem sort of went unrecognized until I was the one to bring it up versus somebody that's got a, what's it called? A uh, an imperforate. imperforate. Yeah. yeah. But, when you've got it, that, it's sort of, you have to get it checked out or otherwise yeah. you might die. Can I, Ooh. can I ask a, 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 maybe a really dumb question? Um, <laughs> uh, is, doesn't your, isn't your hymen meant to break? Like when you, when you like, when people say like you popped your cherry or like, your hymen oh, breaks God, when, right. like, when you lose your virginity or whatever. Isn't that like that is the is, that isn't the hymen the hymen opening at that point? So the normal hymen looks like the normal one here. If you can see it, this one here, right. where there is like a hole already. It's like a and, it's basically like a garage door that's not fully closed. <laughs> yeah, basically. Is, yeah, that's kind of um, what it looks like. There's not a picture of it on this sheet that I have, but you can definitely find them on Google, like the janitor, I guess. Um, if you, there are vaginas where after childbirth, the hole just looks like somebody's like punched a hole through it. Like it looks fucked up. It's like so freaky oh, to me. Cool. Like the Kool-Aid um, guy just busted yeah, through. Yeah, basically. And so I guess like after having childbirth, it just does a bit more to what your hymen looks like. I don't know how much it actually affects your vaginal health at all. I don't think hymens do anything to affect vaginal health. The reason why I ask is like, can, like my my dumb brain is like, oh geez, it looks like and like an like your nostrils and there's a septum in between. Couldn't you just cut it and then like you sound like every boy wait. I've ever spoken wow. to about this, where they're <laughs> yep. like, just let me figure it out. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, Brian's like, hey, like okay. hey, hey, listen, <laughs> yeah, let me use my let me use my dick like scissors. The, cab- <laughs> the caveat is that. This this is a safe space to ask questions, and I'm genuinely curious about like yeah. obviously, and I'm I'm not trying to solve your problem for you like I like I know more than the doctors or something, but like my my initial thought is like oh sweet if they cut it, it'll create the a wider opening and that will help. But why doesn't so why doesn't that work? So I think that that's a fair question. It, it is it a fair is. question. <laughs> it's a very fair question. Jared's totally, laughing. Like, totally. Yeah. So dumb. Yeah, keep, and I keep, also said it was going, a dumb Brian, question. Keep asking more. <laughs> Shut keep up. talking. So, like, I really don't know a lot about the medical aspects of this condition, which I know probably makes me a super boring guest. But um, <laughs> It hasn't no, it so far. <laughs> I mean, really, really, we're having a great time. And that's also, also for anyone who is listening to this and who's, like, kind of new to the show, uh, that's not what this podcast is about. It's about... The person's personal experience. And if your experience isn't being a fucking doctor who knows what they're talking about, great. We just want to hear about your experience. Mm-hmm. And you're doing a lovely job so far. Oh, thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as I know, um, when you have a normal hymen and then you have sex for the first time, I guess it just sort of widens that hymen or like, like, I don't think it like destroys the hymen altogether. I'm not really sure. I don't think but, so either. I think, yeah, right. I think it still ex- exists even after you have childbirth and it looks like the Kool Aid Man wall. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I believe that having a hymen abnormality would make it to a point where you might have 
um, what's it called? Like ruptured bleeding or something where like you might even just Ooh. like bleed out from. Oh, oh wow. Sounds, yeah. That like sounds kind of serious. I know that it, it wasn't the gynecologist that told me this. I think it was like another nurse, hopefully not the janitor to keep bringing them up. But um, <laughs> somebody told me they were like, you should try to avoid any sort of sexual intercourse or even just interactions even try to avoid like just making out with somebody solely because if it reaches a point where you're Mm. not able to say no anymore like it reaches a point of like sexual assault your life might be in danger because we don't really know how how this will affect you know if somebody were to forcibly try and penetrate it could lead to like actual problems Mm. um i know that I feel I think I've heard some stories of people that have had like septate hymens sort of just force their way through it and be like, I can handle the pain, which good on you, um, where they can feel like the skin dangling out of their vagina. Doesn't that sound awful? Ouchie. Ouchie. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And so I think if you also then have like a medical condition that has to do with like bleeding profusely or like depending on the severity of how septated your hymen is, it might lead to more dangerous situations for you. So Mm -hmm. you're, so you, you are, you mentioned that you are, you are getting, you are getting treatment. So, you know, to build on, and, and I will just, I will say, Brian, that I, that is, it's a, it's a fair question to say, my dumb brain (laughs) thinks that this should be the solution, but knowing that it's not, tell me why that's a fair question. (laughs) Um, uh, but to, but to, to kind of, uh, there, there is obviously, you, you mentioned that there's a treatment. Mm -hmm. What does, what What is is that? What does that look like? If you, if, if, is it, is it a surgery? What, what, what does it look like? So I believe it's called a hymenectomy. Nobody actually used that word when I was getting the situation done. It was mostly just this is what Google sort of told me about yeah, it. I believe you immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it, sa- it sounds There's like no it's other, right? no other way. That sounds like that's what it's probably called. Um, and so basically they're going to go through this process again of knocking me out with the anesthetic or whatever. Um, and then just while I'm out, just cut away all the gross extra hymen bits and then insert the IUD again, like originally planned. Um, But unfortunately, so this was in November or October of 2019. And then in February of 2020, I moved to a new city that was like six hours away from where my gynecologist was. Um, So I had like a huge wait time to get the surgery done at all because um because right after my last meeting with her, which was at the hospital after waking up and she shoved all those vaginas in my face, mm. um, she was going on like mat leave and then COVID hit. And then, so it was a bit more of a longer wait time than it probably should have been. I probably, if none of that happened, I probably would have gotten in within like just a few more months. Um, so around this August of 2020, I get a call to set up the surgery and she she finds out that I'm living in a new place and she asks if I want to get a referral to a new gynecologist in my current city. And I was like, hell no, I only trust you. I am definitely willing to drive six hours to make this happen. I was not comfortable putting my trust into a new doctor. (laughs) So 
my roommate and I drove all the way there. It was around mid-September and the surgery went according to plan, thankfully. I took like two weeks off of work because I did have stitches in my vagina and that's definitely not a pain-free experience. Um, Yeah, I had a lot of discomfort when it came to walking around and I also just had horrible cramping then because of the IUD as well. And I also just couldn't risk pushing myself at all or like lifting anything above the five pound limit that they usually give you after any kind of surgery, because I really couldn't risk ripping stitches or messing myself up in some way because I would have to drive six hours again to see that new gynecologist or put my trust into a new doctor doctor, that I did not trust. Mm -hmm. Um, And most doctors are like, hi, menectomy. I bless you. Who knows what that means? You know, (laughs) (laughs) guys, I'm sorry. Um, there, how the fuck? I think I literally just watched a mouse have a seizure and die. What? Oh oh no. Yeah. It's weird. Is it right there? Yeah. At first I was like, Oh, Hey little buddy. And I thought it was like scratching its back. You know, like kind of cutely rolling around. I know. I think he just had a seizure. That's what you dead. say when you see a mouse in your house. Oh, hey, little buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. Like, he's so fucking. He's so. He really is cute. I, 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 I used to have a pet rat, so um, I, I totally feel. Man, I, that fucking weirded me out. I gotta, I gotta make sure the cat doesn't come in here and just tear that thing apart. <laughs> no. Oh, what a, what a fucking. What a, what a, what a awful, awful way to bring this podcast okay, wait, semi-closed wait, wait. to a close. Can, can, we, can we find Fuck out what, what happened? So, so you, yeah, please. you had the, the hymenectomy, and obviously you come back home and you rest for a couple of weeks to make sure that you don't tear any stitches. Mm-hmm. Um, how successful was it? Like, where, where are you at now? Um, well, that was only in September, and it's like mid-October now so I'm not very far along it I've reached the like six point mark I believe of being past the surgery I probably could try now starting to like have penetrative sex or whatever again I haven't yet because I'm terrified (laughs) again and I'm also like I'm also like I I really don't want it to be vaginismus because then that means I have to use dilators and that freaks me out a lot (laughs) after everything that's happened what did, did they What did they give you as a as like a like a consolation prize? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what did they give you as like a as like a goal post to like reasonably aim for? Like, were they like, "Hey, we are hoping that this will you know reduce how you experience pain by fifty percent"? Or like, is there is are they do they give you anything to hope for? Like, what will be the outcome of this surgery? Or is the or is it like we hope that this will just completely Fix it like you've never had septate hymen Mm. ever. Uh, I think, no, they didn't do that with me. They were basically just, we gave you the snip now. Get out the door. Bye. See See, you. See, dude, I told you. I said that's all they had to do, right? (laughs) I asked the dumb question. I was like, they just had to go in there and snip it out, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Thank God Brian's here. (laughs) I mean, it actually does sound remarkably similar to like what you, what you went through, Jer. Like, yeah, like, I mean, I mean, like it really is kind of similar to yeah. you know. Like yeah, I, my, there was there was there was extra tissue. It was too. It made things too tight. They went in. They cut all that tissue out, stitched me up, and said, "Good luck, good luck, kid. Keep your stick on the ice. You know, like keep your pecker pointed up." That's what they said to me. Yeah, like maybe so, if I, I don't know was... what they'll say to you, but <laughs> something probably along those lines. <laughs> Maybe if I were still living in that older town, they would probably, like, I would probably try and make more appointments of, like, 
help me figure out more of what's going on, you know, Mm -hmm. but because I live so far away, it's kind of hard to have that support from the doctor that was sort of with me since the beginning Mm -hmm. um, and did the surgery on me. Um, I think at this point, if I start to run into more issues, which fingers crossed, I won't, um, I'll try and make appointments with gynecologists in my area. But even then, I don't, I don't really know what the, takeaway is from here Mm. i guess like the weirdest thing about my whole situation is that nobody knows like the main reason i wanted to meet with you guys and talk about my condition is because vaginal health problems are so taboo and nobody ever wants to talk about them Mm. because they're so embarrassing and shameful Mm. even though i don't really want to be known as an advocate for this sort of stuff because i'm also very ashamed i really do want to do my part in normalizing Mm. conditions like this solely because i think if it were more normalized then people may have an easier time realizing or recognizing when something Mm. off is i I thought you were going to say you were hoping to come on so that you could get an answer of what to do from brian um (laughs) i hope i I hope he's just a clarity he's basically just an information i did want to i did want to ask I did. I did want to ask one thing before we we wrap, and it's something I've been curious about the the <laughs> entire time. Because I mean, I, I'm I'm thinking about your experience with relationships and your sort of avoidance of getting into a relationship, partly because of this. Um, did you have any moments at all during the 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 sort of like last six or seven years where you were in a relationship and? it just didn't progress or or you prevented it from progressing because of the fear of what might come next? Um, yeah, I have only really had two relationships since then. One was in high school where it was with a boy that was just very, like, not on the same page because I've never, like, spoken to anybody about these sort of issues that I've had, not even my parents, um, where it seemed very clear that, I wasn't interested in like meeting up outside of school or meeting up outside of our friend group where it was just the two of us. And like, it seemed very like a very elementary school sort of relationship again, where I'm sure in high school, most relationships are like, you sort of progress now to trying to diddle each other, you know, but Mm. I clearly wasn't that interested in it. And the boyfriend that I had was super like, not pushy, never seemed to even question it or care or worry about stuff like that. So I was really thankful for that experience. And then a few years down the line, I had a girlfriend that was like just a really like toxic relationship. So like it never really Mm. progressed past that point either. So like it's never been a problem that's really come up until in probably just the past few years where I went to a little bit of therapy, realized what had happened to me when I was 12 years old and like realized that trauma. And now I'm like trying to get past that trauma by continuing normal relationships. Mm -hmm. But now I've got this roadblock of, oh no, something's wrong with your vagina. So you can't even do that. Yeah. I I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted, I, I had this thought came up for me earlier. Um, uh, but then we sort of, we just kind of moved, we moved on from it. So, but but now that we're sort of that you mentioned that and and we're sort of coming to the end of the conversation um i a, a, a really big thought that came up for me earlier was just how like hearing your hearing your story hearing your story with um this this experience with septate hymen the experience that you had um when when you were 12 um with this boy and like it just 
it brought up for me just like how how complicated like how complicated kids' lives can be, mm-hmm. and how and how desperately ill equipped kids are to deal with any of this stuff Mm -hmm. and just how, um, and, and just like, I I don't know, I guess just, that's really, that's really it. Like I kind of thought, wow. I mean, these are, these are, these are like really heavy. These are really heavy, complicated situations and, and kids really just don't have the, the tools a lot of the time to, to speak to people that they need to, to, um, articulate the way that they feel and, 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 and 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 not that and not that we can even point to anything to say like if we just did this better they would because I don't think I don't think they will they're kids they're we're, like you're when we're kids we're learning and we're growing and we're Ooh. trying to figure shit out and it's really hard, um, but it just like it just like reminded me in, in terms I mean, especially when you said like you know you you experience bullying because of all this stuff and mm-hmm. and and like ridicule and and just that mm-hmm. like I think that's probably the thing that we can point to with kids that if we can just if we can try to our best to continue to hammer home with kids that like everybody's going through stuff Mm. and the more that we are able to recognize that it's not as simple as we might think it is that somebody can be going through something that you have, that you have no idea what that is and what their home life might be or what their background might be. I mean, that just really stood out to me. And, um, and, uh, and I, I, that was a curveball that experience that you told us about, and I'm and I'm 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 really grateful that you were that you felt like you you were in a space that you could share that because I know that that's no that's no small task. Um, so thank you for everything that you've uh, laid out here today for us in the conversation, and for being so fucking hilarious at the exact same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. um, you yeah. were a pleasure to talk oh, with. Oh, thank Angela. you guys. <laughs> And, and keep us posted on you know on everything that uh, that happens in the future. Uh, yeah, definitely. We would love to know the outcome of what happens with your vagina. Yeah, I'll, I'll send a message of like I just had sex. <laughs> 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 guys, guys, guys! I, I I'll never believe this. that message. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, thank you so much, Angela. This has been a real treat. Perfect. Thank you, guys. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.